Welcome to this episode of Tales and Tales, a fortnightly podcast where we spend a few minutes looking at the lives of special animals and the people who've cared for them. In this episode, we're taking a slightly different tack and looking at an important veterinary condition and the story behind its successful recognition and treatment. Today's topic is coast disease. Our story begins at Robe, on the southeastern coast of South Australia. The land looked promising to the first European settlers in the 1870s. It had good, reliable rainfall, and the scrub and native grasses were readily cleared for pasture. But the settlers soon found that sheep grazed on these pastures lost their appetite and their wool became steely and dead-feeling. If the sheep were moved, sorry, if the sheep were not moved inland every year, they became anemic, lethargic, paralysed, and wasted away until often they died. Many farmers quit the coast forever, and today their abandoned farmhouses with blind and broken windows and roofs gaping at the sky remain as a testament to their defeat. The settlers called this mysterious ailment coast disease. A similar and equally mysterious wasting disease was also occurring in the southwest of Western Australia, where cattle were afflicted with what the locals were calling Denmark disease. Enter the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation, or CSIRO, and its Division of Animal Nutrition. In the 1930s, a member of the division, Dick Thomas was a chemist with a background in geology and was mapping out the areas affected by coast disease on Kangaroo Island. He recognised that these areas had calcareous soils formed during the last ice age when the continental shelf was exposed and prevailing winds blew fragmented shell material inland. He believed that all these soils would be short of traces of heavy metals some of which were already known at that time to be essential animal nutrients. The division's senior biological officer was Headley Marston. He suggested dosing the sheep on Kangaroo Island with a mixture of trace minerals including cobalt, nickel, molybdenum, copper and zinc. The mixture provided some benefit, but the precise element or elements responsible still needed to be identified. At this point, Dick Thomas drew Marston's attention to a report by two German scientists who had induced an excess of red blood cells in rats by feeding them with cobalt. A profound anemia with a gross lack of red cells was a common feature of coast disease. So Thomas reasoned that a deficiency of cobalt in coastal soils might be responsible. An experiment was set up at the division's headquarters at the University of Adelaide using penned sheep fed on a recreated coastal soil pasture. In 1934, those sheep, by now afflicted with coast disease, were then given pure cobalt nitrate, one milligram a day. And for the first time, a clear-cut cure was achieved. The next step 
was to devise a way to be able to deliver cobalt to entire flocks of sheep out at pasture. Delivery of other trace elements such as copper could be done simply by adding copper salts to the fertilisers used on the pasture. However, this didn't work for cobalt. Similarly, the sheep also failed to respond to injections of cobalt. The only satisfactory way of administering it seemed to be by drenching. For those who don't know, this is a time-consuming and back-breaking task that requires each sheep in the flock to individually have fluid squirted into its mouth and down its throat, usually every few months. It was not until the 1950s that a simpler means of dosing sheep with cobalt was developed by division scientist John Lee and the same Headley Marston. The problem was to keep a constant supply of cobalt in the sheep's rumen. So why not insert a metal container filled with cobalt and fitted with a wick which would leak out a regular supply of cobalt? They crafted a rough capsule of brass tubing about 40 millimetres long, which they coated with paraffin. Using a larger tube as a blowpipe, Lee blew the capsule down a sheep's throat. Later, x-rays showed the capsule had lodged safely in the sheep's rumen. Work then began to create a capsule or pallet that could be made on a production line. Eventually, a ceramic pallet containing 90% cobalt oxide was devised. Then, a few weeks later, disaster struck. In field trials of the pallet, some of the treated sheep developed coast disease. At first, this appeared to be a shattering setback. Then examinations revealed that not one of the sheep affected actually had a pallet in its stomach. All of the missing pallets had been regurgitated. So yet another line of research had to be followed to develop a pallet with a specific gravity high enough for it to remain in the sheep's stomach. The solution was to mix the cobalt with heavy iron filings. But a final snag remained. Secretions in the sheep's rumen often coated the pellets with calcium phosphate, which stopped the release of cobalt. The ingenious solution to this problem was to simultaneously insert a second device, a short length of threaded steel rod, which would rub against the pellet in the sheep's rumen and grind away any calcium phosphate coating, allowing the continuous release of the cobalt underneath. After getting over all these hurdles, the laborious work of regularly drenching sheep in coast disease country became mercifully a thing of the past. Robe and the countryside all around it took on a new look. Land that people had once turned their backs on now fetched up to $200 a hectare. The final thread of the cobalt story lies in understanding the role of cobalt in the nutrition of sheep and other ruminants. The first clue to this came in 1948, when research teams in Britain and the United States isolated a compound which they named vitamin B12, and showed that each molecule of the new vitamin contained one atom of cobalt. A vitamin B12 deficiency in sheep caused by a lack of cobalt in their diet was also found to depress their appetites, resulting in a vicious circle which further lowered their cobalt intake. 
Because vitamin B12 is essential for red blood cell formation, this spiraling scenario led to devastating anemia. Cobalt is also important in maintaining myelin, the material that surrounds nerves and allows signals to run along their length. A lack of cobalt means the nerves can't function, resulting in paralysis and muscle wasting. All problems which are now happily a thing of the past. That wraps us up for today. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review wherever you access your podcasts if you so choose. Many thanks to our episode partners. Elgar Road Veterinary Hospital, located at 590 Elgar Road, Box Hill, Victoria. Monash Vet, located at 1662 Dandenong Road, Oakley East, Victoria. And Melbourne Veterinary Rehabilitation, a mobile service that you can find at www.melbourneveterinaryrehabilitation.com. Finally, thanks to the CSIRO website and Wikipedia and its linked references who provided much of today's source material. See you next time on Tales and Tales.